Hey guys, welcome back to week two of the Oklahoma Sports Bro Podcast. This is Zach Cobra, your host, and joining me today, are my co-host is Jeremiah Perkins. What do you got, Jeremiah? Man, I mean, <laughs> uh, I could not have had a worse coming in, you know, just saying who whoop whoops anymore. But no, coming in yeah. hot this past weekend, we had some great football this past Friday, Saturday. And I don't know if you keep up with uh, NFL, but there were some great games. We will be covering them, but, you know, love everything football. So just got to mention it. Yeah. So first game we want to talk about this weekend was obviously the Oklahoma-Kansas game. So this is our first game we're talking about because, you know, it should have been a blowout. It was a blowout. And honestly – we really shouldn't even talk about this game because it really didn't matter. <laughs> but uh, looking looking at it, um, OU did what OU needed to do in this game, and there was no question about it. And for some reason, after this game, OU has put itself back into the national picture. And it, it baffles me. There's no way to me that they're going to make the playoffs with two losses. It doesn't make sense to me that, that anybody even thinks that. But – I've heard analyst after analyst after analyst after sports radio host after ESPN host after Fox Sports host say, you know who the best team in the country is right now? OU. And then they're saying, we're putting them back in the the playoff race, and there's no way the playoff committee is going to put them back. I know OU played well today. They absolutely throttled Kansas. Spencer Rattler, even with his bum hip, was able to – Dominic, that's embarrassing for Kansas. We had a quarterback out there who could barely walk, and we he still threw for over – I think it was over 200 yards against you guys. So, like, that is – that's something. So, I don't know um, why we get jumped back in the national picture. I think it's because our defense is actually playing for once. We actually have a defense that doesn't look like absolute dog crap. So, like – Normally, or in the past five years, Kansas would have put up 20, 30 points on us, and then our offense would have just put up 70 on them, you know? And this game was completely different. Kansas was lucky to get the field goal to get that goose egg off the board at the end of the half. They were lucky to do that. I know the score ended up like 55 to 9 or something crazy. I think it was 63 to 9, actually. Um, but that be Kansas scores on the last play of the game. OU's like 47th string was in at that point. So there's, there's no worry about that. Um, and then that field goal at the end of the half, well, Kansas put together a pretty decent drive. So um, I don't think there's any worry about that, but the OU's defense has finally put together a few performances in a row today. They come out with nine sacks tying an OU record that was set against Texas two years ago. Um, or I guess not two years. It was last year when OU did that record against Texas. Um, but that's tying an OU record. Nick Benito shows up on the day. Nick Benito is my MVP for this game. Nick Benito shows up. He has three sacks, and he could not be blocked today. It was just crazy. Um, and you got to see a lot of the freshman Reggie Grimes, so that was pretty cool. Um to see him out on the field making an impact in his first year. And then you also got to see Ronnie Perkins. And whenever I say Perkins on this podcast, 
I'm normally talking about my co-host, but Ronnie Perkins today, or Ronnie Perkins is going to be the difference maker for OU. If OU is going to be a relevant team, you can see just by his impact coming back from suspension how important he is. So that's kind of my recap of the OU game. Defense did what it needed to do to impress people. Offense did what it's always done. What are you thinking? First of all, I would love to be taken for Ronnie Perkins. That man's a beast. Yeah, I look nothing like him. I'm pretty sure he stands a whole foot above me. <laughs> so any compliment I could take that way, I love it. But let me tell you, I think I can explain to you why this team is back in the playoff race. Okay, because look, you're looking at looking at this team. They win their first game against Missouri State. Then they lose to Kansas State, they lose to Iowa State. And you're thinking, oh, here we go again. We got, we got a team that just can't do it. And then they get their players back. And then you're looking at domination all over the field. 53-45 against Texas, 33-14 against TCU. 62-28 Texas Tech, 62-9 Kansas. Two consecutive games where they put up 62 points, and were just absolutely savage and relentless against these teams. They did not stop scoring. They did not care about her feelings. They kept playing football. And I think that is why they're back in this race. I think that what, they what, understand. What? what, let, what? Me just, let me just stop you for a second. So I, I am not dogging their performance at all. What I'm saying about the race is the optics of it and the whole – political side of it like no nobody's going to vote a two loss big 12 team into the playoff race period we have a hard time getting a one loss big 12 ou team into the big or into the playoffs every year and now it's a two loss big 12 team it's still ou but two losses i i can't see it happening that being said i also can't see any uh an oregon team or a usc team losing or both those teams losing two games this year. And if a one-loss Pac-12 team gets there, even with their shortened season, I think they would be put in over OU. <laughs> That's my argument, not that they don't deserve it. Oh, oh, yeah, and of course. But then again, I could throw this your, your way, and you're going to roll your eyes. But it's an unprecedented season. Things are weird. Seasons are off. Not a lot of, not as much practicing, not as many games as they would like to see. And I think that's going to work in OU's favor. I think people are going to be like, these guys have played more games. They got more experience. They've been playing really well compared to these teams that are 4 0. When you got OU that's 5 <laughs> uh, 2, and they're going to, they're going to end up being, you know, 7 2, maybe optimistically 8 2. And these other teams are still going to be right there with that same record of 4 0, 5 0. You're gonna have a team. It's just, OU's simply gonna have more games. It's gonna it's gonna weigh them heavier. Even if they have one or two losses, well, they obviously they can't have one loss. Can't take that back. But you know, even with the two losses, they're I still think that their name's gonna get put in that hat. Whether or not they get voted in, I can't make that call. I'm not that important. But I think it's gonna give them a, well, a dying chance. Well, I, I I'm with you. Their name will be there. The argument will be there. People will say, hey, they didn't have three of their best players, four of their best players, and they will 
the argument will be there, but I say there's no way that they'll actually get in. There's no way. There's never been uh, – looking back, I, I don't have the stats right in front of me right now, but off of my best knowledge, there's never been a two-loss team in the playoff. So if you're saying a two-loss team would make the playoff in a shortened season, I'm just not buying it. <laughs> but – in in all honesty, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. It'd be a miracle, right? Obviously, <laughs> oh, yeah, OU's my team. And I think OU could actually compete a lot better this year than they've done in the past three to four years in the playoffs. So I would love to see it. But I'm just saying it's not happening. It's, it's just not going to happen. I mean, well, we won't know until the time comes, but – who knows? I mean, maybe OU gets a miracle this season, and they get to play. They get to play their game. Um, hopefully, we get to see Spencer Rattler come back in at a hundred percent. Gets that hit fixed. Um, he he got a bruise. He's fine. Hey, I you never know. Maybe it puts a joint out of place, and it just is a snowfall from there. Wishing you know, I pray he stays healthy. But I'm just saying, I'm glad. I'm glad everything's all right. I'm glad it wasn't a broken leg. But, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I bet him um, and Ronnie Perkins and all those other great players on the team are going to lead this OU team on both sides of the field. And I, I think that they can do it. I think they can beat out some of these undefeated teams simply because, you know, they do have – as long as they keep winning. They hit, they hit a third loss, you know, if it's against OSU – Ah, this this whole talk is over. They're not making it. But I think as long as they keep winning and they play undefeated from here on out, you know, with, with parentheses and quotations, I think they make it. And that's just that's just my that's just my dying opinion right there. All right. Well, moving on. Obviously our next game of the week. Um probably should have been our first game of the week because they didn't actually play. Um, but the Tulsa game was obviously, like I said, not played this week. COVID ruined another game for Tulsa. Um, the Naval Academy had a bunch of, uh, from what I understand, they had an outbreak of cases and they decided to cancel the game out of safety, or I bet they said out of an abundance of caution, because that's what everybody seems to be saying now. Um, so, yeah, that just looking at that game, it was going to be a fun game to watch, but we didn't get to watch it. So that sucks for Tulsa, really. They're having a great season, um, and they're going into a game this next week against the ranked SMU team, and they're actually favorites, and they're not ranked. And that it blows my mind how Vegas is putting Tulsa as the favorites as this, uh, as this of this game, um, and it was. Just looking at I think they were two-point favorites, and it's crazy to me that Tulsa's going to be that big of a favorite, or not that big, but that they're going to be a favorite at all over a ranked SMU team. Uh, but Tulsa's defense has been stout. SMU struggled against the only good defense they've played this year, so I can calling see it going out either to, way. Calling out to Xavier uh, Collins. <laughs> He's going to show up, and I'm excited to watch him play. Let me tell you that right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He'll obviously – Xavier always has a good game, but my thing is they're going up against Garrett Riley's offense, and I'm sure Garrett Riley is on the phone with Lincoln Riley all the time, just talking about 
and uh, different things, picking each other's brains in the off seasons. Uh, I think Garrett Riley is going to be just fine in this game, and I think SMU is going to put up some points. So I think what Tulsa has to do, Tulsa has to force some interceptions. SMU's quarterback Shane Bouchelle was at Tulsa um, or was at Texas before he transferred to SMU, um, and he does have a history of throwing some interceptions. He has some games where he's thrown a lot of interceptions in the past. So um, I think that turnover prone, if Tulsa wants to win this game, they're going to have to have him turn the ball over. Okay. Um, That being said, Tulsa's defense can do that. Um, But I still think this game will probably be a higher scoring game than most are predicting um, just in the fact that SMU is going to put up points and Tulsa is going to have to keep up with them if they want to win this game. Uh, Yeah, I just, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. Tulsa has been playing really well. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can call a favorite on this one. You know, uh, I mean, SMU has had a pretty, uh, I say pretty good. They've had a really great season. They're, uh, they're 7-1. and one. And so, you know, they've played some good teams. They're lost against Cincinnati. I don't know if you watched that game. Um, but that was, a, it was a really, like, kind of good, kind of not good game. Um, I know that I was watching it and I had money on the over. And so I was kind of hoping Cincinnati would put up seven more points and get me over that, over that hill, but they didn't. But I think you're right. I think the only way that Tulsa really, really stands, uh, you know, a momentous winning chance, not, not just a winning chance, but like a momentous one where they win by a good amount or they win by seven or 14. I, they, they have to force some turnovers at, and at some big moments, they've got to destroy the morale of the team they're facing. They got to let them know that we're here and you will not throw over us. You will not run on us. We will stop you. That is, I think, I think that's how they're going to do it. Offensively, they're going to go out there. They're going to have some uh, failed third down conversions. They're going to have some punts. They're going to have some touchdowns. But where they needed to, where they needed to defeat SMU, is they needed to defeat them on defense. They need the defense. Tulsa defense needs to come out there, and they need to they need to win for the offense, if that makes sense. And so, I really think that's the only way because SMU is a good team. I mean, that's that's also that's probably why they're ranked, and so or it is why they're ranked. And so, I think Tulsa is going to play a great game, and I'm not sure I'm willing to even call who's the winner on this one because you know Tulsa's a good team, so is SMU. And I think that's where I'm at on it. All right. Well, moving on to the last team in the state, the team that actually had the biggest matchup in the state. This had this game had huge Big 12 championship game implications on it um, as both teams are in the top three of the conference right now moving forward. Um, OSU played Kansas State. Kansas State is a decent team this year. I will say that. Uh, Kansas State beat OU, so obviously they've got to be good. But I will say, since their quarterback's gone down, since Skyward Thompson went down, they've not been the same team. They got blown out by West Virginia. Um, and that's – West Virginia is not a very good football team. Um, they're better than they were last year, but they're still not a very good football team. So that's kind of 
where I'm at with this Kansas State team. I think Kansas State had a few good games in a row where they were good. Will Howard starting at quarterback instead of Skylar Thompson. So, Will Howard's a true freshman. I think Will Howard could be a good player. He could develop into a good player. I just think he's not there yet. And I think this Kansas State team is going to struggle over the next few weeks. They're going to fall out of the Big 12 championship race. Um, they're going to make – they're going to leave open a spot for an OU or an OSU um, or a Texas team that finishes the season strong. Um, but I think Kansas State falls out of their way. And they started doing that against OSU. So OSU is – been a pretty good team this year I have to say it um obviously when their quarterback turns the ball over four times against Texas they're gonna lose but that's their only loss on the season and other than that they've played pretty well going into this game everybody thought this was going to be a blowout and then it was really tight Kansas State actually had the lead at halftime I believe it was 12 to nothing at halftime um and OSU really was struggling in this game a whole lot. They did not play well in this game. I will say, though, that OSU was missing a few people. Tylen Wallace, their All-American wide receiver. Chuba Hubbard, um, their All-American running back. And L.D. Brown all were on limited touches this week. Um, and I'm honestly, I never saw a reason why. I didn't know if, it, if they're just banged up. I didn't know uh, Thailand didn't play. I know that. So um, COVID protocols. I don't. I don't know what happened there. I didn't get to actually catch this game because I was watching the OU game. Um, so, but I do know that Thailand didn't play. I don't know why the other two didn't play as much. I know LD Brown actually showed up at the end of the game and started playing um, and had some good performances at the end. But the defense. Um, I don't remember the final score of this one, but OSU squeaked by. Um, they got a – I believe Will Howard fumbled the ball uh, very close. I believe they, Kansas State was in the red zone um, and that Will How Howard fumbled the ball and it was a scoop and score by an Oklahoma product, a very um, – a high school Oklahoma product who went to Oklahoma State um, – I believe he was out of Bishop McGinnis or Millwood High School. I can't remember now. I shouldn't have said anything because now I look like an idiot. Um, but they do save themselves. Their defense does save themselves. And um, OSU is still very much in this picture. What do you think about the game? <laughs> I, You know, I watched that game. It came on right, I think, 30 minutes after the OU game. And I have to admit, after halftime with the OU game, I, I kind of lost interest. You know, I knew they were going to win. And I figured if there was any big plays, I'd catch it later. And so I went to the next best thing. That was the OSU game. And boy, was I in for a treat. Uh, that I loved this game. Um, I want to make it very clear, though. <laughs> Kansas State got jipped out of a win. They should have won this game, I would argue, 28-9. to nine. <laughs> I, 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 
I just the fact that o- Oklahoma State won is is a miracle in my eyes, and it's simply because of Howard. He, you know, you know, God bless him. He's a freshman. He's doing the best he can. He has a lot to learn, but he is, in my opinion, single handedly the reason they lost that game. He threw a pick six in the final quarter, or not a pick six, excuse me. He threw a pick in the fourth quarter with a minute 30 something left. And they were on the 30 yard line. They had the win. They were all they needed to do was run that clock out, kick a field goal, and that's it. They they win 21 to 20. But he decides to throw a ball deep on, I believe it was an out route or a streak. And the safety comes up, and he overthrew it, comes up, picks the ball, gets tackled on the 30 or 40, and that's it. That's the game. And then not to mention Howard, sometime in like the third quarter, second quarter, he goes for a run up the middle. He takes the ball, and he gets tripped up, and he he basically does a running back handoff to the linebacker. And the linebacker just – or I believe it was a linebacker. Don't quote me on that. Just runs it back in and just – Boom, fumble recovery for a touchdown. And there's your 14 points that essentially gave Oklahoma State the game back. <laughs> um, or I say 14 points. There's seven points that pretty much put them back in the game, got them rolling. And uh, they don't make those two simple mistakes. He holds on to the ball. He's more reserved with the throw, waits for an open. He doesn't force it, doesn't overthrow it there's no competition in that last last quarter. Kansas State should have won, but they didn't. The rookie quarterback, the inexperience, it showed. And ultimately, OSU comes out, and they take advantage of it. They're ready to play. You know, I, say that, I say that all the time. Teams coming out ready to play. Every team is ready to play, but I think OSU was just a little bit more ready than everyone else that day. And they didn't give up despite being down at half. And it was. Do you, do you really, do you really think OSU was ready to play that day? Though they showed, they they didn't show up until after halftime. <laughs> hey, well, that means they got a good half talk speech. So I guess I could rephrase it, right? They didn't show up until after halftime, but when they showed up, they 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 put up a good fight. They tried to recover from handing from you know from falling asleep on the field for the first two quarters. <laughs> Um, but they obviously did enough to hold them down to under three touchdowns to make the game at least manageable. And so OSU, congratulations on that. You weren't that asleep, but ultimately Kansas State should have won by, in my opinion, by at least 10, maybe 14. But they simply couldn't put the ball away. They, they kept making mistakes and don't be wrong Howard as a quarterback I don't know if you saw like I think it was his first quarter or second quarter that dude ran like 60 yards maybe 40 I may be giving him a little extra there but the dude was fast the linebacker chasing him just simply couldn't catch him he ended up getting tackled I think either by by both a corner and a safety <laughs> and so um the the uh, as far as a quarterback goes he's he's got some speed he's got some size and he's not afraid to get tackled, which is fantastic. But he he struggles to, to with his carrying. And I think if they fix that, and they fix they and they give him just that little edge of accuracy, maybe they come back and they're a better team next year. 
if Howard still gets to play, I don't know what year Thompson is or if Thompson gets to come back. But, you know, if they stick with Howard, I see a, a player that can become really good. But ultimately, over the game, great game. Uh, I'm glad OU won, or OSU won. You know, go Oklahoma football. But in reality, Kansas State should have won by a lot. And I think that's where I'm at on that. All right. So, so looking forward, what, what, what's your prediction on the OU OSU game? What, what do you think is going to go on there? <laughs> if OSU shows up to this game. I think it's going to be a good low scoring or at least even scoring game. What I mean by that, you know, someone scores and someone scores, someone scores and someone scores. Uh, but if OSU plays like they did against Kansas State or, yeah, Kansas State, <laughs> it's going to be a no competition game. Uh, that's my opinion. OU has been playing so freaking good recently. Yeah, I, I would, it's so freaking good the last. Four weeks. I mean, it's been consistent, high-scoring games against really good teams. Well, that's debatable. But against decent teams. And so, I OSU, last week we said that OSU has a chance. If they play like they did that following weekend, last weekend, they don't have a chance in the world, in my opinion. Now, if they play like they have been, and we forget that last weekend happened against Kansas State, Honestly, I see OSU pulling out like a three-point win. But that being said, if Oklahoma plays their game. So, yeah. Go ahead. If, if you want to go Yeah, yeah. Like it, that being said, I think the only way th- – they're both good teams. And so I'll, I'll finish with this. Whichever team shows up the slowest – is the one that will lose. So whoever takes the longest to get into momentum, I think that is the team that will lose because both teams are that they play off momentum. And once they get it rolling, they keep going. And I think whoever can build momentum first and keep it because that's really important because if you build momentum and you go into the second half and then it's gone, you're, you might lose your chance to win. So whoever can build momentum and keep it, I think that is who will win. I think they're fairly even if they both show up. What's your take? Well, my take on this game uh, is fairly similar to what you're saying. Um, but my deciding factor is which defense shows up. So both defensive for both teams this year have been uncharacteristically good. And that's a weird sentence to say because most times you say uncharacteristically, you say bad, but they have been good this year, which is weird because they play in the big 12. A defense isn't supposed to be good in the big 12. What's that? But both these defenses have been really good up to this point. Both these defenses have one game so far and whichever defense actually shows up, I believe that's the team that's going to win. Um, in years past, this OU-OSU game has been an absolute shootout. So one team scores a touchdown, the other team scores a touchdown, and they just keep going and going and going, and the last person has the ball wins the game. And I think that this year 
going into the game, all of the momentum is leaning OU's way. I'm not saying that OU's going to win this game, but if you if you made me pick somebody right now, I would be picking OU strictly because going into the game, all of their stock is on the rise. And everybody is like, wow, they're playing good. And then on the OSU side, all of their stock is going down. And that's weird because they won, but their stock's still going down. Maybe not even down. Maybe just even. But OU stock is going so far up that I think that OU will win this game. If OU's defense plays like they've done the past two weeks, I don't think OU can be stopped. Um, I think OU, OU obviously has the more talent out of both the teams. OU has recruited a lot better than OSU has. OU has done so much more than OSU has recently. OU has this game in hand if their defense shows up. I don't think there's any way that um, OSU has a chance if OU's defense shows up. I think OU wins by two touchdowns if their defense shows up. But that being said, OU's defense has disappeared at times this year as well. So if OU's defense struggles in this game, I could see it going either way. I could see it being a shootout. Um, It'll be a dangerous game. It's a trap game for both teams because both teams go in expecting to win this game. Um, And whoever wins this game basically – secures their spot in the Big 12 championship game as long as they play, as long as they don't lose an unexpected game. But whoever wins this game basically gets to play in the Big 12 championship game. And I think OU will win. OU has the experience. OU has won five straight Big 12 championships. So OU is going to make it back to that Big 12 championship game. OU, my pick is OU by 10 in this game um, because their defense showed up. That is my pick. That's my call. If you ask me next Wednesday before the game, I might change it because this is such a flip-flop game right now. I don't know. But right now, OU by 10 is my pick. Um, Moving forward from that, though, um, other college football news, some big news coming out of uh, LSU. The game against Alabama this week has been canceled because of covid covid sucks (laughs) that was a game everybody was looking forward to the defending national champs in lsu were going to go up against the number two team in the land and we get this taken away from us and the way the schedule looks right now we're not gonna get it back that's so stupid because um lsu already had to cancel one game so they have a game scheduled on the SEC's makeup date, and it is just so freaking dumb. We don't get LSU-Alabama every year. All right, we do get LSU-Alabama every year, and I was looking forward to it this year, and now COVID freaking strikes again. 2020 strikes again. This is stupid and dumb. I, like, I wanted to watch this game. Oh, you didn't play this weekend. This was one of the games on the schedule that I was looking forward to. And now it's gone. I think that's just dumb. What 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 are your feelings on it? I uh I am so ready for COVID to disappear. And I know it's not likely for it to. It's probably gonna be around just like the flu. 
eventually it'll just become a, a nagging bug. Hey, hey, but hey, the election ended. It's gonna end, obviously. <laughs> so they say. Or or do or do we have to wait until Biden's actually in office? Like what is that, January twentieth? <laughs> There's no telling. There's no telling. <laughs> uh, so we'll see on that one. But uh, now I'm just ready for it to be gone. I don't care if it's a, it's a if it's a president waving a magic wand or if it's the CDC waving their magic wand. Whoever's got to wave the wand, I'm ready for it to poof go away so that we don't miss out football. I'm being selfish. Like, come on, I need a genie to pop up so I can make one of my three wishes because it seems to disappear. Um, and so I'm disappointed, just like you. Alabama SU would have been a great game. There's so many games that we've missed like i would have loved to watch the tulsa game last week tulsa is such a fun team to watch but no freaking covid and all of its issues which by right yes make everyone safe but dear almighty lord i'm ready for it to be gone yeah i'm looking forward to other covid issues um hasn't happened yet but i bet i I'm just going to go ahead and say that the Pac-12 canceled half their games this week because, well, the Pac-12 scared of COVID more than any other conference. And if one person on a team gets it, they basically cancel the game. So I'm just going to go ahead and say half the Pac-12 games are probably canceled this weekend. Um, so that kind of sucks too. So, uh, But I don't know that for certain. I could, I'm just throwing out a joke really right now because the Pac-12 is kind of a joke. But moving forward from that, is there any other college football news you want to hit on before the game we obviously have to talk about? You know which game I'm talking oh, about. Boy. Um, but but is there anything else you want to cover before we hit that game? Because that's going to be our highlight game right before we go into our picture. I, I do. I, I, uh, I'm afraid I do, I do not remember his name. And so I feel bad about that. I, uh, I have all my tabs open. And right before you asked this, I accidentally clicked out of it. Uh, uh, on my laptop. But um, one thing I did want to mention was uh, the running back for Penn State is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, he's uh, taking a medical career leave or, or something like that, uh, or medical retirement. Uh, I guess he has some type of, uh, I think it was some type of um, muscular dystrophy, and he's he has to walk away from the game, and that's always sad to see. And so... That's tough. That's yeah. That's really tough. Yeah. You never want to see that. Even even if it was the your rival team's best player, you never want to see that in sports. That's that's really tough. Um that's just tough to see, you yeah. know. Um speaking of stuff that's tough to see, I know it has nothing to do with sports, but um I do just want to give a quick shout out to Alex Trebek. He's one of my favorite people of all time. He's done so much good for this world. Rest in peace, brother. Um he was just such a great host of Jeopardy. Um, like, it's just a sad day. Um, but I just want to give a, a quick shout out to him because of all of the lives and all of the education he spread through his game show. Um, but moving on, one other thing that I want to cover, uh, you reminded me of it by sp- naming a specific player, is how well Talia Tagovailoa is playing right now. Now, I'm pretty sure I butchered that name a little bit, but Talia Tagovailoa is Tua's little brother who is at Maryland right now, and he is lighting it up at Maryland. 
he um, passed for well over 300 yards last week. Honestly, I think he broke the 400-yard mark. And honestly, he could be just like his brother with with a right hand. So to his left-handed, to Leah's right-handed. And I think that he's going to be lighting up scoreboards for years to come at Maryland. Maryland might have found their answer at quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, they did beat Penn State 35-19. So uh, nah, Penn State's a good team. And so it's but is uh, Penn State, though. I like to think so. <laughs> I think they had – I mean, they've had a rough year, but they've, they've been doing good. Um, and also, I did find it, Journey Brown is the name of the retiring running back. Journey Brown. And so I, that's what I, I've been looking up. I did find it. And so – but um, I just – when you're talking about uh, those two brothers, I, I just love watching those two guys play. <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, there's certain people on the field that you just – you love to watch them play. And, you know, Spencer Rattler um, – oh, gosh. You're going to have to help me out. I had trouble with it last week. Uh, Clemson's quarterback. Um, Which one? Replacing Lawrence. Um, Lele. <laughs> yeah. DJ uh, Ui Ung uh, Lele. Ui Ung Lele. I, I believe that's pronounced right. I, I've, seen, I've heard it pronounced 47 different ways, so I'm saying that's right. The, the people on the on ESPN always always butcher it, so I'm like, I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be, but they try and they say it with confidence. But he's one of the ones. I, I'm honestly, when I watch the Clemson game, uh, the upcoming Clemson games, I'm almost kind of sad. Lawrence is a great quarterback, and I'm excited to watch him play, but I would be even more excited to watch Ui Angelele, hopefully I said that right, uh, I play, watch him play. I just – something about him playing is just – it makes me get excited every time their offense comes out in the field. And so, I don't know. I, I so like spe- – Speaking of it, we can, we can just jump into our game of the week that we wanted to talk about. Oh, boy. Our, our, our overtime game of the week between Clemson and Notre Dame. Actually, I say overtime, double overtime game of the week between Clemson and Notre Dame. Um, Clemson almost beats Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence, which is saying something, which is saying how impressive DJ Uyunglele is. He threw for over 450 yards in that game. That is absolutely insane. How do you throw for 450 yards as a true freshman? Like, how – talented do you have to be like that that is ridiculous like Clemson is set for another four years after Lawrence leaves in the draft this year like that is absolutely astonishing to me like he is so good and Clemson's got a bright future that's all I'm saying with him uh as far as the game goes I I don't know it was a Hold on. I think something's happened outside my house. So you go ahead and take over, Perkins, um, and talk about the game, and I'm going to check on things outside my house. <laughs> All right. Well, you be safe. Come back on in a few minutes. Uh, looks like you can say he's having some uh, technical difficulties, if you will. 
uh, or literal difficulties. <laughs> but, I mean, looking at Clemson versus Notre Dame, holy smokes, was this game on fire. You have these these two powerhouses, number one versus number four. And I just Notre Dame's quarterback was freaking phenomenal. Uh, he he played such a great game. And he he just when you're looking at a quarterback, it is important to be aware of where you're at of all times, where everyone around you is at. And I would go as far as to say there was probably five or six times where he just sat in the pocket for well over five seconds, well over seven seconds. And then once the his offensive linemen finally let go of their of their holds and the defensive ends were rushing in, he just calmly would roll out to the side and then just boom. He'd hit the ball 10 yards on the field, 20 yards on the field, 30 yards down the field and it was always perfectly on target his receivers would make amazing catches and they would be right there and it was always on like third and one or it was like third and five and it, it he was never faced by the pressure and sometimes there was some heck of a lot of pressure on him thanks to Clemson's defensive line and so he needs to be recognized really well Lele had a fantastic game honestly if in my in my opinion Clemson had had some people out on their defense, okay? And so if if their defense is at full power, right, their defense is at full power, I think they win this game in regular time. I don't think they go in overtime. Clemson fell short several times in this game against Notre Dame on the defensive side of things. Now, Notre Dame, I'm not saying they had a perfect defensive game either. I'm not saying they had a perfect offensive game. All I'm saying is that in certain cases, Clemson kind of fell short on the defense, whether it was being able to get to the quarterback, you know, being able to make that pass rush, cause the pressure, cause the mess up, uh, which don't get me wrong, really hard to do. Obviously this Notre Dame quarterback proved he has a cool head, even in those super pressure situations. But on top of everything, you're, you you got Clemson. If they come in and they they play, they have their full defense. They have their defense at full power. I think we see a different football game. I think it's just as good, but instead of forty seven forty Notre Dame, it's probably forty Clemson to you know thirty two <laughs> uh, Notre Dame. You know, it's probably by one more touchdown. Sometime in the fifth minute of the fourth quarter, and then the defense holds them out. And I mean, ultimately, that's why they—that's why uh, Clemson lost in the second overtime. It was only a matter of time before the, their defense just gave out, and that's exactly what happened. Their defense couldn't stop Notre Dame. They got a touchdown really fast, and it just—it put all the pressure on Clemson's offense to score or lose. And they just couldn't handle it. And I'm not saying that it wasn't Lele. Lele put up an amazing chance, but it was it was other players missing catches, not running as far as they should. Which, I mean, they're the running back for for Clemson. Yeah, uh, if Zach was here, he could tell me his name. 
uh, I'm not good with names, but the running back for Clemson, uh, I'm thinking about putting him on my Madden draft team. Like that that guy, Etienne, that's his name. Etienne, uh, dude's a beast. I don't have his stats out in front of me right now, but he was running all over Notre Dame that whole game. If he could get outside, I mean, with some of those um, screen passes to him, like if he, there was a few times where they just barely caught his foot and tripped him, and he was just that split second away from that 60-yard run that would have just completely saved the day. And so, uh, you know, with ETN and Clemson and and, uh, and Lele coming in, I think if they have their full defense, I think this is a no competition. I I really don't think that there's that there's really any more talk past it. Uh, I, you don't get a better football game than what than what happened on Saturday night. I mean, double overtime. How often do you see that? And I know after the game ended, I called Zach up. I called Zach up and I said, Hey man, did you see that game? He was like, yeah, I just finished watching it. And he told me, he goes, you know, I'm a little disappointed. And I was like, why? It was a make great game. And he goes, I wanted to see it go into the you know, third, fourth and fifth overtime. There's some, there's some of those new rules they have in the NCAA. I don't remember quite remember where they were. He was trying to explain them to me. And <laughs> he was telling me he was like i want to see i want to see that whole new playoff or the whole new uh overtime rules and go into effect and how the teams handle it but uh you know i just and the, and how fast paced football uh you know ncaa football is i i think for a team to go into double over or to go into like quadruple overtime or five times overtime however you would pronounce that or say that it would have to be uh, either a horrible game where both teams just aren't doing anything or would have to be a game like this that's just insane offense the whole time, high scoring, you know, just like this game, 87 points in total. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of where where it would stand. And uh, I think that's really the only way you reach that that five overtime uh, option. All right. So jumping back in, I had some technical difficulties after I went to check on something at my house. Uh, my audio could not be heard on Perkins' side. I don't know if it could be heard in the actual recording. So if you hear Perkins just absolutely ignoring to everything I say um, – yeah, he's just a jerk like that, you know. Uh, oh. But no, he probably couldn't hear me. <laughs> um, the Notre Dame quarterback's name you couldn't think of, Ian Book. Um, yes, Travis Etienne is good. That is why he's the all-time leader in ACC rushing yards, um, just so you know, and Clemson rushing yards. Well, obviously, because ACC, <laughs> but, you know. Um just some quick facts that I was trying to spew out there that you couldn't hear for some reason. Um, and all of the defensive line were true freshmen for Clemson. It was a good point you made on their defensive line, but that's how well they played to force it to double overtime. I think if their guys are back, it's not even close. I think Clemson actually blows out Notre Dame. But um, I don't think the quarterback play was the reason. I think it was the defensive line play. Um, also, the left guard was – 
injured in that game and Uwe Ungalele or whatever his <laughs> name is gets sacked twice in the second overtime because of the left guard spot. You see it. He gets sacked on his left side. Um, so those are just some quick points on that. But to end our show, we are going to go ahead and move on to our picks of the week. We both in week one end up going two and one with Perkins lost to the Clemson <laughs> game. Perkins was complaining about that game to me because he lost that game uh, that he had bet on. And I was like, you just watch one of the best games of college football ever. <laughs> Clemson had to win by seven and... to get my perfect streak, and they, they just blew it. They didn't blow it. Great game. <laughs> but, but moving on from that, um, we do have some different games this oh, week. Um, we each pick, hold, pick three. Hold up. Um, one team, before what? we jump in, I know we're kind of getting up there on time, but – I want to talk about it before we kind of get to the end here. Can we talk about Rutgers real quick? What about them? All the lateral plays they keep throwing out there. I almost want to watch these guys. I don't care if they're good or not. I just want to watch them, even if they lose, just because I want to watch them do these dang lateral plays. <laughs> like, what is this coach doing? <laughs> He's just telling his players, yeah, just throw it down the field. We're not playing football. We're playing rugby. Just get, you know, do your best. <laughs> honestly, yeah, honestly I, I saw the one where they scored, but it didn't count for whatever reason. But I I haven't – I don't watch a lot of Rutgers games, so I haven't seen – Oh, you got to tune in. About. But <laughs> if, there's a, if there's a lot of lateral plays, I'd love to see them. Um, so that would be pretty yeah, against Ohio. I'm pretty, they, it was against Ohio State, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. And they threw like like three or four separate different plays, two of which I think were kickoff. The guy who catches the ball on kickoff runs up the field like five yards and then just chunks it across the field. <laughs> and they do this like three times in the same kickoff. It, it was it was incredible. I'm pretty sure one of them resulted in a touchdown. <laughs> and so I I, I want to watch Rutgers just to see that play. Uh, I look forward to their games now. Like they haven't been winning, and I don't care if they win or lose. I just want to watch them throw some laterals because it makes for some super entertaining football. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. So, okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Since I was interrupted after I had hyped up our segment hey. so much. And then you're just like, whatever. No, I want to talk about something else. Even more building. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on to what I want to talk about is the games of the week. We both go two and one. I'm not hyping it up as much this time. You've already heard this spiel. Um, so my first game of the week. So there's three games going on tonight um, because the Mac is weird. Um, and I'm not picking any of those games because the Mac is weird. First game I'm going to pick on here is a game that I don't think Perkins would have picked, but maybe we have weird taste in games. Um, seem to pick the same one sometimes. So uh, my first one is Marshall versus Middle Tennessee State. So Marshall has started off this year on a hot streak. They've been running the score up on people, um, and really it hasn't been close. They've had good quarterback play. Um, and obviously you can see it with them being ranked 16th uh, 
Um, before I had placed this bet, they were 17 point favorites and now they're 24 point favorites. So I'm kind of rethinking it, but I'm going with it because I've already picked it. Um, but Marshall, 24 point favorites over Middle Tennessee. Um, I think Marshall gets it. I'm going Marshall, 24 point favorites on the spread. Go with Marshall. Um, that is my first pick of the week. You know, I, you know, we definitely didn't choose the same game. Um, I, I'm going to stick with um, a, a two teams that I, I haven't talked about at all. Uh, but I, I've kind of watched one of them play, and I like, I like the gameplay. And so I'm going with Iowa versus Minnesota. And I think this is going to be a good game. Both teams are one and two. But ultimately, I think Iowa is going to walk away with this one. You know, Iowa has did great against Michigan State, 49-7. And so I think I think that they're going to play really well. I I don't think that they're really going to have any issues. Uh, I think it's going to be a good close game. But ultimately, I think Iowa's going to walk away with this one. I'm taking the spread. The spread's uh, three point favorites, Iowa. And I think I think it's going to be just a good kind of under-the-radar game. All right. So, Iowa, he's locking it in with three-point favorites, um, and you're taking the spread, yep. correct? Yeah, three-point spread. You said that. Okay. All right. So, my second pick of the week, all of my games this week, I picked the spread. Um, my second pick of the week is also a weird game, and it's a non-Power 5 game again. Um it is number 15, Coastal Carolina, traveling to Troy. Uh, right now, Coastal Carolina are 10.5-point favorites. Um, and I watched Coastal Carolina dismantle Kansas earlier this year, and I don't think Troy's half the team Kansas is. And I know that's saying something because Kansas is awful. So um, that being said, though, I think Coastal Carolina will probably run away with this game. I don't think it's going to be close at all, in my opinion. So the 10.5-point spread is pretty easy for me to pick. Um, so that is an easy game for me to pick. I want the Chanteliers by 10.5 points in my second game of the week. All right. We're picking two separate games again, so that's fantastic. Uh, I'm coming in um, with a game that I'm personally excited about. Um, but it's not my most exciting game. That's the last one. I'm saving the best for last. But with this one, I'm looking at West Virginia versus TCU. And I'm putting West Virginia as my favorite. Now, the reason I'm choosing West Virginia is because I like West Virginia more than I like TCU. That seems so basic, and it seems – Oh, I'm not giving a lot of information there, but I just I like the way this team plays. They played well against Kansas State, you know, and they played well against um, Kansas, which who hasn't played well against Kansas? But you know, West Virginia and TCU aren't the best teams. They have several losses, but I'm looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be one of those kind of low key games that are just going to be really good, kind of like how. 
uh, Arizona and USC was. It's just going to be kind of a toss up, and I'm eventually I'm putting West Virginia as uh, the favorite, and I I do believe that it's actually kind of a, a small with West Virginia being the th- three point favorite on the spread. Well, you're kind of looking into the forward right, or into the future right there because Arizona and USC uh, play this weekend. USC played Arizona, Arizona State. State. I must have not said State. But, yeah. uh, okay. But that being said, uh, my last game of the week, and I will be jumping off here after I say my last game of the week because I got to go help my wife with a kid. Um, so my last game of the week is Notre Dame versus Boston College. Notre Dame's coming off a huge win over Clemson. Um, and the last time Notre Dame beat Clemson, they actually ended up losing to Boston College. That's a fun fact. But that being said, I'm picking Notre Dame. They're about they're 13 and a half point favorites, um, but I think that Notre Dame will dominate this game. They'll run away with it. Boston College played Clemson close, but I think that was just because Uliangalele uh, was fresh into that game. It was his first start, so I think Notre Dame runs away with this game, um, and I think it's not very close. Um, so that is my third and final pick of the week. Um, and I will let Perkins take over now, um, and he will probably wrap up the show with you. Guys. All right. Well, uh, the, with that being said, I'll jump right into it. I actually, fun fact, on the fun fact, I almost picked that game myself, but I thought it was a no-brainer. And so I also, I walked away. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pick that game. I, I'm, I'm picking a team that I have, I have watched – Every game they've had this season, and I didn't even mean to. When I first when I, their first two games were just because there was nothing else on that I wanted to watch, but Indiana and Michigan State—that's what I'm locking in. And the reason I'm choosing Indiana over Michigan State—I have loved watching Michigan State when they beat Michigan. Michigan State beat uh, caught my eye. I've watched them play, but they've fallen a little short since with. With their after they're upset, and so I'm picking Indiana. Indiana has just played a heck of a season. I mean, they've had some great, uh, great games. They've had some um, just phenomenal plays. I mean, they beat Penn State, which but I don't remember if you guys remember from last week. I don't know if I said or not. Um, I actually had money on Penn State, and Indiana upset me. <laughs> Uh, very literally, I was I was not too happy with ending that game. But they, in the same instance, though, they very much impressed me. And so I've been kind of keeping my eye on them. And then, of course, they won against Rutgers. Uh, and then they, you know, they they beat Michigan. And so I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's a no-brainer. I think Indiana beats Michigan State. Michigan State kind of been uh, back and forth with if they're good or not. And so I'm uh, locking in at seven-point favorites on Indiana. And let me tell you right now, I know he's not on the air. I don't know if he's going to listen to it. But let me tell you guys right now, I'm going to win this season. I know, I know, I know Zach thinks he's going to have the best record, but I'm calling it right now. I'm going to go 3-0 this season or this, this week. I'm not going to miss one. And I bet you, I bet you Zach goes 2-1 and one again. And it can put me in the lead make me the favorite for the win. So that's something that you guys will know. I bet he doesn't listen to the end of this, but he just ties it up. So we'll see how that goes. 
But that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, feel you know, feel free to like, uh, subscribe. I think that we're posting on places where you can comment. So feel free to comment with anything you'd like to see if you can. Uh, but other than that, uh, hope you guys have a great day. Watch some uh, great week. Watch some football this weekend and join us uh, next week when we talk about what happened this upcoming football week. Hope everyone has a great rest of their day or night, depending on what you're doing. And this is me signing off.